Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest this morning is Karen Kerrigan. She is the president and CEO of the Small Business and Entrepreneurship Council, and she's leading the council into its 20th year of protecting small business and promoting entrepreneurship. She regularly testifies before Congress on key issues that impact people like us, the entrepreneurs out there, and the economy, and she's been appointed to numerous federal advisory boards, including the very important National Women's Business Council. She also engages with the president's cabinet and his key advisors, and she's participated in several White House economic summits, scores of events hosted by the USSBA, the Treasury Department, and other federal government agencies and departments. She's also written hundreds of op-eds and newspaper columns, and she regularly appears on national television and talk radio programs like the one you're listening to today. Welcome to the show today, Karen. Oh, great to be here, Kelly. Thank you for having me. It sure is. And what an appropriate time to have you here, too. I mean, things are just swirling in Washington right now that can have a huge impact on small businesses, on entrepreneurs. And I think so many of us just have our nose to the grindstone day in and day out that we sometimes aren't aware of these things until, uh uh-oh, suddenly they're law and we have to deal with them. And so when people like you can give us a heads up and enlighten us about them. Obviously, that's wonderful. And right now, as I said, there's just a tsunami of new regulations that are being considered. Uh, I was going to ask you how true those claims are, but really, there's there's just a lot of them out there right now. Uh, can you talk about some of those? Oh, absolutely. You know, Kelly, you're right. I mean, there is a lot going on in Washington as well as at the state and local levels as well that are impacting small business and entrepreneurs. I mean, you know, we sort of do this for a living. We're a watchdog for business owners yes. and entrepreneurs, and even we're very overwhelmed mm-hmm. with what's happening. Uh, you know, from a legislative perspective, we see a lot of great things happening on Capitol Hill. But we're sort of the real action is uh, in terms of things that uh, potentially threaten and undermine um, the economic recovery, the ability of small businesses to compete and grow is on the regulatory end. And, you know, certainly business owners and entrepreneurs, they're justified in being very concerned about regulations. They're feeling the weight of those regulations right now, either through some of the initiatives that have already moved through, for example, under Obamacare and, and Dodd-Frank, um, some uh, labor regulations, but there's a whole slate of other things happening as well. You know, there's more than 3,000 regulatory proposals in the pipeline, and one-third of those directly impact uh, small businesses. So we are working on uh, following, commenting, trying to influence, getting our small business 
members engaged on proposed regulations across the economy. There is a lot going on, for example, at the Department of Labor. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on at the Environmental Protection Agency. There, Look, there's a lot going on every, everywhere. If you use energy, if you emit, if you have employees, if you contract with the federal government, yep. if you want to provide retirement plans, if you provide health insurance, if you're a small business lender, if you use the Internet. Um, <laughs> I mean, really, it is, it is quite um, astonishing in terms of of what's what's going on right now and what's happening in these agencies. You know, one of the things, and, and we'll we'll talk about some of those specific uh, sure. proposed regulations in just a minute. But one of the things that I think small business owners don't know is that with many of these proposals, there's a comment period. So there is an opportunity. Sometimes it's a very short window, but there is an opportunity often for them to comment and to talk about how it's or to let you know legislators know how that's going to impact uh, their lives as entrepreneurs. And uh, the ones that you're talking about now, are the comment periods still open on most of those? Or You know, um, they are. And we've had to work very, very hard to get those comment periods extended mm-hmm. because some of the comment periods are anywhere have been, you know, are as small as 30 days. Mm-hmm. Some are 60 days. Some are 90 days. And for some of the 30- and 60-day ones, we're like, listen, we're, as a group, we're just beginning to understand what the impact will be on our uh, our, our members and small businesses. We want to get feedback from them in terms of what that impact will be. So, we, um, so we're at different phases depending upon the regulation. For example, um, on there's an overtime uh, regulation being proposed by the Department of Labor, which would... Uh, you know, increase the the the, the, the threshold uh, at the salary level of the threshold. I mean, that is coming up soon. Yes, there's another regulation that impacts uh, federal government contractors um, uh, that have contracts of five hundred thousand dollars or more in terms of what they have to report to the government. I mean, that was almost closed, but we got that extended to the um, end of August. So you're right. There are comment periods. I mean, as a, again, even for a group like us that follows us, when you have hundreds, if not thousands, you know, of these proposals in the pipeline, you really got to stay aware. And, you know, that's why I encourage small businesses to, you know, either sign up for our e-news for free or on our website at sbecouncil.org to know about uh, these comment periods, but also to understand what the regulation means from a, uh, uh, you know, from a, a real person perspective, mm-hmm. not a, you know, bureaucratic right. perspective, but also the SBA Office of Advocacy, um, you know, if you Google Office of Advocacy, they also do a small business reg alert as well, uh, which uh, alerts uh, small businesses to these regulations, to the comment period, provides fact sheets, etc. And Quite frankly, Kelly, that's what we need. We need, if we're going to influence uh, the outcome of some of these regulations, we do need more small business engagement. We need more small businesses participating to go to the roundtables, you know, to become, uh, you know, strong stakeholders in this process so that we can out, you know, 
influence the outcome of, of, uh, of, of how these regulations are actually proposed and put together in their final form. Exactly. Uh, you, you can't just sit back. Uh, if, if you don't speak up, uh, everybody, everybody's just going to think that there's not going to be any impact uh, and everything's just fine. You have to make your voice heard. I do want to go back to what you said about signing up for your newsletter. I don't usually so overtly promote something like this on the show, but in this case, I'm going to because um, the SBE Council puts out a newsletter and it, you sign up to be a member. Right? Aren't you running some sort of summer special right now, too? You know, actually, we are. We have a, what's called Small Business Summer 2015 where um, small businesses can join SBE Council. If you go to our website, sbecouncil.org, it will hit you, you know, right when our, when our web page appears. And that will give you a, a trial or a free membership to SBE Council through the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So with that, you will also get our e-news, or you could sign up for e-news separately, okay. which is, you, you could find that on the website as well. Very, very easily find that um, yes. on the website. Yeah, right there. It hits you, too. SBECouncil.org. But they do. They do a wonderful job of boiling these issues down into um, short paragraphs that you can understand at a glance quickly how it's going to impact you. If you want more detail, they always have lots of links where you can go and really get down into the nitty-gritty if that's what you want to do. They always lead you to the pages where you can... Uh, place your comments and take your action. So it's, it's really wonderful, and, and thank you for doing that. But I encourage all of you to go out and get signed up for that. Let's talk in a little bit more detail about some of the most pressing regulatory proposals that you're working on right now, especially the ones that are going to influence small business. You bet. Well, gosh, there's, there's quite a bit, and thankfully <laughs> there's other business organizations that we are, have joined in coalition with as well because – I, I tell you, they, it's very overwhelming right now in terms of the amount of regulations that are in the pipeline and uh, what we all have to do as organizations to, 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 to influence the outcome of it, as I, as I mentioned earlier. You know, one of the ones that we're, we're very focused on during the month of August um, back in the districts and also doing a lot of reports on right now and, and working with co- in coalition with the National Association of Manufacturers and others um, is the EPA's ozone rule, because that's one that will have an economy-wide impact. You know, the EPA is considering um, uh, reducing its standard uh, from 75 parts per billion, its ozone standard, you know, down to 60 or 65 parts per billion. And, you know, what that will do uh, if they reduce that that standard will throw probably most of the country into non-attainment, which means that, mm. you know... It, Fines it, it, and, yeah. Well, it, what it means basically is if, 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 if an area gets placed into non-attainment, uh, businesses have to get permits to expand. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to, you know, go through a very, uh, very complicated process with the EPA. Um, you have to find offsets uh, for... Uh, any of the emissions, which will be hard to do in an, an area of non-attainment, and it will be a very expensive, complex process, and basically it will put a lot of the country into into a no-growth mode. So um, look at all of our members, as well as businesses throughout the country, care very, very deeply you know, about the economy, about the air quality. Air quality has never been better, but what you're talking about with this particular regulation is a, a potential $2 trillion hit to the economy, lots of job loss, and again, a lack of ability, the ability of businesses to grow, 
economic development officials, you know, at the local level to get their economies going or mm-hmm. to keep it growing. And that's why there's Democrat, Republican, you know, opposition to, you know, this proposal. So that is one that we're working on, putting a lot of information out there, doing a lot of comments, getting small businesses engaged. Um, another that we're working on is uh, a, a few, actually, uh, from the Department of Labor. Um, you know, the Department of Labor did issue a new regulation on its overtime rule, yes. which basically would increase the threshold, the salary threshold of, uh, you know, for businesses of who can qualify uh, as to be exempt from overtime. They actually double the threshold from the current level of 23000 per year um, to more than 50000 per year. Mm-hmm. More now, than doubled. This, more than doubled. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. And, um, you know, this is going to be, well, it's going to be a huge cost hit, you know, for, for many small businesses and entrepreneurs. It's going to really throw a lot of models, incentive models, uh, into disarray in terms of what small businesses do, incentivizing their employees. Uh, It's really a one-size-fits-all, right? Right. When you talk about from Washington in terms of cost of living, when you consider all those things. But it's really going to hurt the employees. You know, many businesses will be forced to, you know, put their current managers, perhaps, into part-time roles. They'll, um, you'll have employees that will have uh, fewer opportunities, uh, you know, to get the skills that they need to go on, you know, to the next job or to grow with the business. And um, it really is going to be a, a, it's, it, it's, a, it's, I think, a, just a major job killer, you know, for small businesses. A lot of small businesses have weighed in on, on this issue, and they will continue to as well. It's very much micromanaging from Washington, D.C., and it's going to undermine opportunity for uh, employees, but also uh, really hurt uh, small businesses mm-hmm. in terms of the way, how they compensate their businesses. They don't take into account, for example, Kelly, that it's not just salary, there's health care, and there's right. other types of benefits that go along with that. The complete um, compensation package. And, you know, as is typical with many of these things, they're a response to abuse. And I don't think anybody would argue that some of these restaurant managers and so forth that are making, excuse me, $21,000 a year and working 15-hour days that, you know, that maybe we need to do something about that, but to more than double it. And again, I don't remember the exact period where they're proposing to have this phased in, but it is not that long. And I know plenty of small business owners who barely make $50,000 a year themselves. And, you know, you know, I mean, some of this just defies uh, common sense. So you want everybody to make a living wage and, and not be abused, but uh, there's, there's other ways to go about it. And as you say, you have to consider the geographic location. There's cost of living considerations. Uh, there's total compensation packages. And as you can see, I get uh, pretty passionate about this particular topic. <laughs> Right. No, it's so that I mean that is a I mean that's a that will impact um, obviously that has impact for many types of businesses across the board. It's uh, uh, and the small business community we're, we're very engaged in getting our members quite engaged on that one. Um, you know, another one that we're following, which uh, came up uh, really, is, and a lot of these actually stem from executive orders uh, from the president, and one that many uh, of our members don't know about is. Uh, and and many of them are actually federal government contractors. And so if you want to do business with the government, if you have a contract of $500,000 or more, um, basically 
you're going to be uh, required to list, if you're either bidding on a contract or, or if you currently have a contract, you're basically going to have to disclose whether under certain labor laws there has been any uh, administrative merit, merit determination or civil judgment or any type of awards during the last three years. And, okay, so our members have no problem with disclosing these types of things, but how this is implemented really or will be implemented, we have a lot of concerns about. A lot of our members, one, are concerned very much about the compliance burden because if you look at this regulation, it's going to be just paperwork galore. Secondly, um, uh, a lot of our members are very concerned about, well, how are they defining uh, you know, which, you know, they're sort of a defining, they're trying to define which ones uh, are more serious than the others. And if you have only, if you don't get to a final determination, the bottom line is you can lose your contract. Right. And, and we're like, this, this is not fair. Mm-hmm. Well, so what you're doing basically, and, and we need some more small businesses to actually be in the federal procurement process in order to bring value to the taxpayer, to bring innovation, you know, to, you know, a lot of the way that businesses, the government does business to help drive down costs, to be more efficient. And if you're making it more difficult for small businesses to contract with the federal government, they're not going to go into this space at all. No. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, so it will be a big business game, you know, and and as it is right now, it's pretty much a big business game. And we're always fighting to make it easier for small businesses to contract, you know, with the government. But it's a very, very complex uh, regulation, and we think it may also set precedent you know, for the for uh, for those only that don't do that do business obviously outside federal government, which is most of business, is what precedent might this set for what businesses are going to have to start reporting? You know, to the federal government on these host of things that they're being asked to do if you're a federal government contractor. Mm-hmm. So that a lot of small businesses do not know about that. We're we're we we've been getting more of our members engaged on that, but. You know, again, Kelly, this, this is just sort of the tip of the iceberg. There's stuff impacting retirement plans. There's, if you're a franchise owner and want to be, you know, mm-hmm. uh, open a franchise, there's a lot of things happening at the National Labor Relations Board that will make it very difficult, you know, to be an independent, you know, franchise owner and pursue franchising as an opportunity for, for business ownership. There are so many, as you say, just a tsunami, and uh, we'll come back and talk about some more of these, but we need to take a break right now. We're talking with Karen Kerrigan, who is the president and CEO of the SBE Council. We'll be right back. Thinking Bigger Business Media is accepting nominations for the 15th annual 25 Under 25 Awards. These prestigious awards recognize 25 outstanding businesses with under 25 employees. We're looking for dynamic Kansas City area for-profit companies with under 25 employees that have been in business at least three years and have shown steady growth, a commitment to the community, and an ability to overcome challenges. If your company or a company you do business with qualifies for the 25 Under 25 Awards, fill out a nomination form online at 25under25.com. That's 25under25.com or call 913-432-6690 for details. Self-nominations are encouraged. Apply now. Nominations close October 9th for 25 Under 25. Don't wait. Nominate. Visit 25under25.com to nominate your business. Breakfast 
A time to bring your family together over thick-cut, slow-smoked farmland bacon. And savory, delicious farmland breakfast sausage. Every strip, every patty and link brings the sizzle. Breakfast is served. Come and get it. Farmland. Passion for pork since 1959. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're talking here this morning with Karen Kerrigan. She's the president and CEO of the Small Business and Entrepreneurship Council. And we've been talking about the regulatory environment that small businesses are trying to cope with right now. And it just seems like it, at least this point in time, there are, are more than ever from all different fronts, from labor, from the environment, from all, all different uh, areas. We've talked a lot about the proposals that you're working on, Karen, in the short time that we have, but let, let's talk about what some of the solutions to these are. What What is the ultimate solution to regulatory overreach by the federal government, and are there some reforms that you're currently working on in this regard? Well, absolutely, and and reform is, is really critical, and I let me just add, Kelly, as well, that, you know, it's not just business owners and small businesses that are concerned and, you know, agitated about this, the public really understands as well that there's really, we're in a period of overreach and imbalance when it comes to federal regulatory intrusion. In fact, in a a Center for Regulatory Solutions survey last year, that's a project of my uh, organization, we found that 70% um, of the public believe that the, the regulatory tsunami from Washington right now mostly hurts the economy. So the public is getting this as well it, mm-hmm. and, and, and is really understanding that, well, this is way too much. Particularly, look, at we're coming out of a time of, we're in a very weak recovery right now. And yes. I blame a lot of that on regulation. But, you know, there are solutions and there are bipartisan solutions. And uh, one, for example, that uh, just uh, uh, passed the House before the congressional break in August uh, is the RAINS Act, the yes. regulations from the executive in need of scrutiny act. And basically what this bill would do is put regulation where back where it belongs, and that is with Congress, because right now the regulators are out of control, and, you know, con- and, and they're making laws, and it's Congress's job to make laws. So what the RAINS Act would do, uh, essentially, is, 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 is says that any new major regulation, and a major regulation is anything that costs the economy $100 million or more, that the Congress has to vote up or down Mm -hmm. on that proposed rule. So, again, it's Congress sort of basically more accountability with Congress, and we think that's important, too, because they can't keep blaming things on regulators, right? Right. They have to be accountable for this as well. So that is what the RAINS Act will do, which we think is a, a really, really good piece of legislation that will help solve a lot of this overreach. Uh, Congress used to have to make these kinds of decisions, didn't they? And then that that was uh, delegated. I don't remember during which administration or how that came about, but then it was delegated to these unelected uh, regulators. 
Well, isn't, isn't that the... Right. I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, over time, what has happened is that as part of pieces, for example, as new agencies developed, right, mm-hmm. formed over the years, and as uh, there's been large pieces of legislation, you know, Congress has pretty much given regulatory agencies the authority to do X, right? And then they write these huge pieces of legislation, and they give the authority to the regulatory agencies to actually carry out, implement the authority to actually, you know, do everything that, you know, that... Mm-hmm. that we elected them to do. <laughs> and, and non-specific, and non-specific, in a non-specific yeah. way. So that gives a lot of power to the regulatory agencies, and in some cases, there's been, um, you know, people have have gone to court and saying, well, they don't have the power to do that. I go, yes, they do. Congress gave them mm-hmm. the power to do that. So it, it brings basically some of this power and authority and accountability back to the Congress. Right. You know, and, and there's so many regulations on the book. Some of them are very outdated. There's also another bill that we're supporting called the Scrub Act, which essentially would, would uh, put together a BRAC-style commission for regulations. So it would look at regulations across all agencies, look at those that are outdated, they need modernization, they, um, they, they, uh, you know, we, they might, they're obsolete. So essentially Congress, this commission, or this group of members of Congress, would put together all these regulations that need all these changes, and then the, um, the Congress, again, would vote up or down on that package, you know, to make it very, very simple, like they did with the Military Base Closure Commission, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of, everyone had their own special interests about, no, mine needs to be kept open, no, mine, you know. Right. But if you offer something as a package, you could vote up or down on it, and then it can make some changes overnight, you know, to some of these rules that are really quite crazy and outdated and, and, and do need some changing. Mm-hmm. There's also embedded let me just add, embedded in many pieces of legislation that have been proposed on a bipartisan basis. One is called Startup Act. Another act would um, update a, a, a what's called the Brief of the Small Business Regulatory Enforcement mm-hmm. Fairness Act. These types of bills would give small businesses a greater voice uh, in the rulemaking process. It would also make the agencies listen to small businesses, where some of them don't have to do that now, and put together stakeholder meetings. Just do more due diligence when it comes to the impact of regulations on small businesses, on startups, and on entrepreneurship before they move forward with the final rulemaking. Yes. And um, in terms of the regulatory process, it is overridden with special interests and and everyone needs to have an equal voice, you know, at the proposal stage and equal access to these regulators. And, uh, you know, some of these bills that specifically focus on small business would do that. Again, more influence power during the rulemaking process itself. We have a 2016 election that's coming up. How do we follow the candidate? We don't really have enough time to go into yep. the current positions yep. of the candidates, but how do we follow the candidates and their positions on all of these regulations? Good question. This is a key issue for small businesses. We have put together SBE Council profiles of all the candidates, and they can be found on our website, sbecouncil.org. They have sort of what they're proposing right now from a regulatory perspective. Some are very specific. Others are not. And we will continue to update those profiles as we go along. So 
so we are holding these candidates, all of them, Democrats, Republicans, all like 20-something of them. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> um, quite you a know, field. Accountable to what they will do on this very issue. So we'll be following them. And again, some are very, very specific. Some have actual bills. Some have done great things in their states as governors. Others have done nothing. And you'll find those uh, in our profiles of each of the candidates on our website. Yes, go out to sbecouncil.org, sign up for the newsletter, uh, take a look at the candidate profiles. And uh, they just you guys do a wonderful job of, like I said, just boiling all this down into very understandable, actionable uh items. And, and so, again, sbecouncil.org. Karen, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, great to be here, Kelly. Always great to be with you. Same here. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please follow our website at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.